Hello, friends and brothers. This is Joseph with Masonic Improvement. I hope each and every one of you is doing fantastic. First and foremost, before I get started, I want to give a huge shout out to Brother Francisco Garcia, who is a past master of Hidalgo 1036 here in Texas. Brother Garcia is responsible for that fantastic intro music. I'm going to include links to his SoundCloud and his YouTube in the description below. Please check out the rest of his content and show him your support. In this episode, I have Brother Israel Bowman from Hillsboro Masonic Lodge, number 196, here in the great state of Texas. As a little background, Israel and I are actually members of the same lodge. In this episode, we discuss how does Freemasonry take good men and make them better? Why our degrees are so important? And why visibility is important for Freemasonry, as well as many other topics. As always, the ideas and views expressed in this episode do not reflect those of our lodges or grand lodges and are strictly our own. With that said, I'd like to introduce Brother Israel Bowman. Israel, thank you for coming to the show today. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, uh, born and raised in Texas, uh, came from a big family, small religion background, and have a bunch of kids, uh, married, and uh, my biggest hobby on the side is I like to brew my own beer, and always been interested in cooking and being around people and, and big gatherings and groups and all of that. Uh, don't really have a lot of free time for other things, but that's that's some of my biggest things that I like to spend my time with. See, it's it's interesting that you have two hobbies that just simply cannot coexist together. I know. The, the, the brewing beer and Freemasonry. Uh, That's okay. Just, That's okay. Cause, cause the brewery's in the house. Uh-huh. So just a after lodge brewery. That's because, <laughs> cause according to uh, what I've heard, Freemasonry and alcohol just simply cannot coexist in the same place at the same time. Can't happen. Cannot yeah. happen. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one day that will change. Maybe. So what got you into, into Freemasonry? Uh, I spent a lot of time around people at different jobs over the last, I don't know how long. I, I think back to it's probably 2004, 2005 is when I really started noticing that every job I had ever worked, there was somebody that I kind of always gravitated towards, be it just conversation standpoint or ideology standpoint just somebody that I enjoyed hanging out with and, and it would always come up in conversation mm-hmm. uh, at a mom and pop uh, hardware store and the one guy that I really kind of always got along with one day it just kind of came up in conversation that oh yeah I'm going to lodge tonight move forward to another job and somebody I'd be hanging out with and I'd be like, hey, we should get together this weekend. Oh, I would, but uh, my lodge is doing a fundraiser this weekend. You should come. And it just kind of always progressed like that. And about the time that I really thought, like, well, this is kind of weird that all these people that I've always kind of either gravitated towards or tried to, you know, kind of bond with, we've always had that thing. They have always had that thing in common. And then I wanted to kind of pursue into that. And I had some really good friends that had been Freemasons. And we'd always talked about it, but apparently I'd never, never thrown that one question out that I was supposed to throw out, which is like, Hey, how do I get into this? Mm -hmm. And so it never came up, 
they always loved to talk about it and they always you know told me about things that they got to do or fundraisers or other other things that they were a part of but until literally one time i i, I finally said i was like you know I'm, I might have to get into that. How, how do you get into this? Oh, the look of like relief on the, the person who actually signed my, my petition. Uh, he was like, finally, after all these years, you're finally <laughs> me. Uh, and so, yeah, it was kind of, it just felt really natural. Like I always got along with those people and I wanted to kind of be a part. I wanted to be in the club. Yeah. They always talked about the fun things that they and their brothers did. Um, I always had the military or the fire department. That was kind of my brotherhoods and my clubs. And, you know, that's what I hung out with. And then when I finally got to that point in my life, I would, I'd already left the military and I'd already gotten out of the fire department. I think that's what was the final straw for me is like, okay, wait, wait, I've always known about this other brotherhood thing. And I want to, I want to pursue that. Mm. That's kind of, it was just how I kind of fell into it, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I also know that there's quite a few people that that join after the guild military and quite a few police officers as well. I think for for very similar reasons, lots of retired police officers. But after I got out of the Air Force, that was one of the first conversations I had with my dad. Tell me a little bit about your Masonic journey. It's interesting. Yeah, so I was one of those people that finally decided to get my butt in gear and join. And then, like, I guess, you know, the entire world decided to have a global pandemic. So that was, that was kind of fun um, because it took forever <laughs> through my degree work. Um, I guess that's probably what you mean by it's a, it's a different story or interesting story. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of got held in limbo for a while because by the time I finally worked through my, my EA work, uh, then I couldn't, I couldn't have the meeting to turn in my work to move to the next, the next thing. So I, I kind of got held there for a little while and um, which was nice, but it, it was nice because there was another, there was other people that kind of got stuck there with me. And uh, honestly, it's made that whole class of us, I guess, that group of us, I say class, like we're all from that same year, but like uh, all of us that kind of uh, went through it all at the same time, even though we got stuck maybe at different levels, I think there was one brother from our lodge that like couldn't turn in his master work and one brother who couldn't turn in his fellow craft work. And there was a couple of us that couldn't turn in our EA work. So we were all just kind of like held there together. And, uh, and now we're all really, really close. In fact, almost all of us or all of us, I think are all uh, officers now in the lodge. Now that we've kind of all the, the dam burst and now we're all out there and wanted to do stuff. now. What's your office now? Uh, I have the I have the wonderful privilege of being the secretary. Which <laughs> to anybody that's listening to this, when, when somebody comes up and says, "I think you'd make a great secretary," it is a serious compliment because they tell you, "Oh, it's not that hard. It's actually a lot of stuff." And uh, if somebody tells you that you can handle it, they obviously have a lot of faith in you because I still feel like a kid that just got his training wheels taken off. Mm-hmm. Just put in my master's work and I thought, okay, this is great. Now I'm going to get to kind of like learn the goings on of the lodge. And then basically you know, right away, now I'm into a, a, an officer position that, that has a, that there's, there's a lot of, I have to be the guy to know what's going on. 
And so it's been a, it's been a big learning curve, um, but it's, but it's been great. And, uh, you know, I, I've got you to basically pick your brain on a ton of things. Like you said, we're both in the same lodge. That's great. Uh, and others too. And I think that's, that's kind of the fun thing. I, I thought this was going to be like a, uh, like a job where I'd have to show up and somebody was going to be disappointed if something wasn't done. And I have had zero of that. It's very, oh, hey, I'm sorry, we forgot to tell you about this. Or, hey, no, it's, it's okay. I, I should have told you. And, well, it's okay. We'll call and we'll find out together. Hey, you don't have that information? Not a big deal. We'll get that information together. I had somebody email me the other day and say, hey, I need this form. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I have no idea where that is. And five minutes later, they emailed me back and said, hey, it's okay. I found the form. Here it is. Can you fill it out and send it back to me later? And so it's been so wonderful having everybody being, being helpful and understanding with it. Uh, because like you said, it's a, it, it, I dived right in. <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped in the deep end of the pool and I'm still doggy paddling. You're doing a great uh, job. Thank you. Thank you. I have, a, I have a really great chaplain at my lodge. He's very understanding. I think he prays for me quite regularly. That's got to be what's helping me get through this. I hear good things about him, that handsome guy. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your expectations before you came yep. to the fraternity. I know you, you've spoken with quite a few people. You've, you've probably watched movies like National Treasure and, oh, absolutely. and things like that. And so I'm curious, what were your expectations of Freemasonry before you joined? Before I joined at what stage? So, so you mean my expectations like when I was younger and didn't, didn't know any Masons and just like what I thought I knew about Masonry or what I, my expectations as an adult knowing some Freemasons and just kind of wondering what was behind the curtain. No one has ever asked me that before. And I've asked this several times. You know what I mean? Cause, cause like, <laughs> no, seriously, because as a kid, because as a kid, if, if somebody said that they were a Freemason, um, I mean, honestly, I, I probably would have thought like, oh, oh man, that's like, that's like secret society. What was that? What was that terrible college movie that came out in like the 90s? Skull and Bones or something like that? Uh the, the skulls there's a movie that came out it's 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 i mean i say it's terrible it's you know classic 90s college flick or whatever but and it's all about like secret societies and there's like murder and mystery i mean it's just like so so i just thought that freemason as a young person is just like weird secret society mm. that you it was you're not supposed to know and shh, you know, we don't talk about it all the time. well how did that evolve for you over time when I found out people were Freemasons and that they would talk about it, that was really weird. So I think what evolved over time for me was that once I found out that people talked about it, that people could, could actually talk about it, uh, that that kind of turned into like, oh, okay, a lot of questions, like, what do you do? And that's when you find out about all the, you know, philanthropic stuff. Uh, I think my first real expectation of Freemasonry was or first like experience to something that wasn't secret society and you know verboten was um, the Scottish Rite Hospital. I think that that made a huge impression on me because I originally went to school for 
I originally had gone for nursing. That, that was a terrible idea. I ended up going for emergency medical services and ended up working on an ambulance and in an ER. And when I, when I went to do clinical rotations, even the people at the hospital that I, that I did my rotations at, they spoke admirably of the Scottish Rite Hospital. I had to go do um, rotations at Cook's Children's Hospital. And when I was there, like they even talked up Scottish Rite. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, of course, finding out when I worked in EMS, finding out that there was a hospital for children that didn't have a billing department. Like that, that really made a huge impression on me because I thought, wow, you know, you always hear about people collecting money and raising money and helping children. And it's, it's, you hear about it all the time, but like, that's not a joke. Like that place, that place is for children. That is a children's hospital. And that, that was really touching that, that changed my opinion of it. And really ever since then, I, I, I think I always wanted to join. I just always had so many other things going on in my life. Um, and until, like I said, until some things fell off, uh, I guess I always just kind of made that like an excuse for myself. Oh, I didn't, I don't have the time right now. I want to make sure I de devote enough time to it. Mm -hmm. And now I wish I would have joined years ago. Um, I see it's, it's really not as much time as I thought it would be. And, and honestly, the time that I put in is, Ten, it's worth 10 times more what I get out of it. You know, I mean, friendships and uh, relationships and conversations and just having those people that you connect with that are from different, different, different areas. Yeah. Uh, both in age, which is really awesome for me. I mean, I love that I have Freemason friends that are in their 80s and I have Freemason friends that are in their 20s. And we automatically have something in common and, uh, you know, sit down and share a meal and after lodge, go out and have a beer together. And, and it, that's really great. Having something in common with somebody that breaks the ice automatically. Uh, and then from there, you know, you can talk about the important things. And when I say important things, obviously it's not politics. It's not religion. You're talking about the important things, man to man, uh, feelings, emotions, uh, faith, family, and the most important thing, food you know being able to go somewhere and find a brother in another city he's like hey what's a good place to eat around here and know that he can give you a good recommendation that's worth its weight in gold right there <laughs> you know you mentioned the special Red hospital and we took yeah. my oldest to the one of the uh, up in the metroplex several years ago and i was also blown away i mean that is you normally when you go into the hospital granted no hospital experiences are good, right? This wasn't even an emergency or anything like that, but you know, it's just going to be kind of a drag. Uh, this was not, this was not like that at all. This was not your typical hospital experience. Everyone actually seemed like they were happy to be there. Everyone was helpful. Uh, the doctors were very knowledgeable. And I mean, it was, it was probably one of the best experiences I had dealing with something like that. And what I thought was really cool that I did not know about. Uh, so the reason it didn't even come up that I had found out about the hospital was uh, my daughter uh, swallowed a penny and got a penny stuck in her throat. Mm -hmm. It was an emergency thing. Had to go to the ER. Uh, it was a big deal. Um, almost killed her. I mean, could have killed her. And had to go to Cook's Children's. And anyways, coming back and afterwards, I was talking to a, a Freemason 
now brother, but at the time, a good friend of mine. And he mentioned, he said, hey, you know, if anything ever comes up like that again or, or anything else, you call me. And I said, well, why would I call you? You're not, you're not a doctor. You're not a whatever. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. Uh, I, 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 could, I could help. I can, you know, I can refer you to this hospital. And I said, well, how would you refer me to this? <laughs> I didn't understand. And now I get it because family. And even if you're not even in that family, it's an extended family. I mean, that's, like I said, I, I haven't even gotten a chance to ever go. I hope I don't ever have to go to the, the hospital. But the peace of mind of knowing that that's there, God forbid, I ever need it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't make a lot of money. I drive, I drive a truck for a living and I brew beer for a hobby. Like that's, that's, my, that's my, my fun days knowing that if anything ever comes up with your kids, that that is taken care of in advance and knowing already, like, like you said, that it's already going to be an amazing experience with good people being surrounded by supportive people. That's, that's worth, that's worth anything. Yeah. Well, as amazing experience as something like that can be. Anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, but you know what they say, when something bad happens, if you get married or you're having a funeral or whatever it is in life, it's the people that surround you, that community. And, and I say community more than family because it's not always family that surrounds you around a crisis or, or, or a celebration, but the community of extended family and friends and brethren and everything else, that community is priceless. And, uh, you know, even in such a, we, you know, we, we are in a, a relatively, I say small lodge, we're, we're not one of these mega multi-story, you know, uh, lodges. Um, you know, you, you pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to move something heavy. And I, I know I'd have five people that could come over to my house and help me. You know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned community and you mentioned family, things like that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really, you know, we call one another brother, but I don't think it really clicks. You know, this isn't from a... Uh, I don't think it's necessarily from a fraternal aspect to call each other brother. I think it's brother because once you join, you are family and you should be treated as such. And one of the benefits of, of our organization that you don't have with your actual natural family is that you can pick and choose who is in your family. And <laughs> you can't, you, you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, you can't, you can't choose who your who your siblings are, but Freemasonry, you could choose who your brothers are, and they are also family. So that 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 really ties into, at least in my opinion, right? For whatever that's worth, that really emphasizes the importance of the investigation process in guarding the West Gate and, and things like that. Because once they're in, they're family. Lock them or not. They could be they could be the brother that you grew up in the woods, you know, building tree houses with, or it could be the uh, the stepbrother that gives you a wedgie every time you walk by. But you get to choose. I know exactly who you're talking about in our lodge. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, but like I I I think I to to kind of expound on that if I can. Like you said, it it's not just from a like a fraternal aspect, brother. 
um, you know, when you, we both did some time in the military, that's a pretty common thing between soldiers. That's a, there's a brotherhood and there's a, you know, we call each other brother. My, my best friend from the military is, he's my brother. There is no qualms about it. You cut our veins, we bleed the same blood. We are family, we are brothers. I don't think it comes just from being a part of an organization. You know, we're not both brothers because we served in the same unit. We're not both brothers because we swore the same oath. We're not both brothers because we wore the same uniform. We're brothers because we had the same shared experience. Exactly. And like the two of us, my best friend from the military, we went through basic together. We went through AIT together. Even even then, actually, at our at our own lodge, we had a, a another Freemason brother come visit us, and you know, uh, he wants me to say his name, but he came and visited us at lodge, and uh, he was in his military uniform, and I recognized the his DUI, and I was like, hey, that's I know I know your unit, like I know X, Y, and Z, and instantly had that connection, even though we already had that connection through Freemasonry, but. We had that shared experience. I knew his first sergeant. I knew the commander of that unit. I remembered the battle cry and all the, you know, all the fun stories. And, hey, do you remember so-and-so? Yeah, that picture's still up there on the wall. And that shared experience part of it, no one really talks about in Freemasonry. Like, I didn't know about that until after going through it mm-hmm. you get you gave me that book on why why society societies why they have that uh that initiation process and and where that came from the history of why why that exists uh i i think i think sometimes it's it's overlooked that or overshadowed maybe that the work that we do is more important than the experience of going through the work. Um, I think learning the work, I'm not saying it's easy, but that's not, that's not why, it, I don't know how to put this. You're not learning the work because the work is so important. You're learning the work because the process of going through and learning the memorization, the understanding, the bigger pictures to some of these things, that's the lesson. It's not the actual work itself. And I didn't get that until I was all the way done. I had finished everything. I had turned everything in. I'd been raised a master mason. And then you and I went and watched an EA degree. And I'm sitting there watching him go through this. And I'm like, oh, I've already done this. You know, this. And I, boy, it really clicked. When I'm watching him go through this, and in my mind, I'm reliving it. I'm, I'm, I remember it, and I'm thinking, "Oh boy, he's going to have so much fun! Oh, I bet he's going to trip up on this. I bet he's going to have the same hard part on this." And I realized it wasn't the work that I was remembering; it was the whole experience of, you know, he's going to have other brothers in his lodge to go through this with. Uh, this last uh, EA degree that you and I went to, you know, I told him, I said, "You're going to stand in front of that bathroom mirror, and you're going to say this." You're going to say this thing over and over and over and over until you get it down. It's not the work from that. It's, it's my shared experience. I remember standing in front of my bathroom mirror because I have a wife and four kids. That's the only room in my house that I had privacy to go in, close the door and practice my work. And it really clicked for me in my head that like, that's the experience. 
that's where that brotherhood came forward for me, that shared experience. I was reading recently, and forgive me for not remembering the details. I didn't, I didn't really memorize everything, but I was reading recently about, it was, a, it was a Native American tribe. And when you reach a certain age, there, uh, you go out and there'd be a ceremony. And I don't know the details of that, but what it would accumulate in is they would hang rope from tree limbs with hooks at the bottom. And they would put those hooks in your skin underneath the muscle and tendon. And you would be suspended in the air with these hooks basically in your back for a set period of time. And the goal is, I don't remember if the goal is just to endure the pain or to endure it without, without screaming or, or, or exactly how that had to go. But once it was finished, if you were successful, then you were a, a man at that point or a warrior or you, you have progressed at the next stage in your life. I bring this up because this is this was a rite of passage within that this tribe, and it was a shared experience. Right. And so all the men had this shared experience in common. There's also a, another tribe in South America, and they live in this area where they have. Wow, I can't remember the name. It's a type of ant, and this ant actually has. It's, it's one of the, it may actually be number one as far as like the, the most painful bite in all. of Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What, what they do is they make these wicker gloves. Oh, and no. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. They actually insert, <laughs> they insert the ants into this, into these. Oh. And we're talking about hundreds of these in each, in each hand. And part of this ceremony, again, same thing that you have to reach, after you reach a certain age and you're ready to progress into a man then the the village elders will take these i mean this is this is not easy right you're 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 hand you're making these hand woven gloves and you're first of all you're capturing these ants and second of all i think they they uh it's like a like a fermented liquid that they put them in so they're drunk right that way they're not stinging the crap out of people but they're, they're taking tweezers and inserting these ants into these mittens again hundreds of them and then after the ants have sobered up or whatever, or maybe they're still drunk, who knows? They they put these gloves on these on these young men, and they're they have to stand there basically like this and not scream. And this this goes on for hours. These things are staying in their hands for a very long period of time. But once they are finished, the gloves are taken off, and you they are accepted at that point as as men in that tribe. I'm so really glad that I joined Freemasonry, not a <laughs> South American tribe at this point. <laughs> but the reason I, I'm, I'm sharing these, these, these stories with you is because those are rites of passage. Sure. And those are shared experiences. And that's what Freemasonry offers as well. It's these, yeah. it's these rites of passage and shared experiences. I was reflecting the other day, because I actually gave a presentation on rites of passage in Freemasonry. No, I wanted to go and I didn't get to go. I would it's have all right. Been. It's all right. There'll be. I think there'll be others. Uh, I'm going to a few more. <laughs> I'm going to a few more, but they're, they're a ways away. But if there's another local one, I'll, I'll bring you along. 
Please but I was reflecting on, because I always reflect after, after I give a presentation, how can I improve it? And something that really struck me is we've all heard the saying, Freemasonry takes good men and make them better, makes them better. What does Freemasonry do? It take good men and good make them better. Makes them better. Right. But we usually just accept that at face value. Okay, well, they're going to make me better somehow. How do we make men better? I would, I would put forth that we make men better through rites of passage, that, that process that makes them better. And it's, it's, not, it's not an overnight thing. These things never are. Basic training is a rite of passage. Are you a better man after you, when, you, when you come out than you were when you went in? Definitely was a few pounds lighter. Yeah, I, yeah. I like to think I was. A, I think I like to think I was a little bit better of a man. Yeah, but sure. nowhere near. It takes time for these things you learn to sink in. You have to reflect on things. And in fact, I didn't even realize what an impact basic training made on me until probably a year or two ago. And these rites of passage make you better men, but you have to internalize the lessons you're taught. Just memorizing a bunch of stuff doesn't make you a better man. Just going through the experience without reflecting on it also does not make you a better man. There's a process to it. Right. But that's that's why, and I know I know I'm going off on this tangent, but just bear with me. No, 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 I, I agree with you. But that's why we have to do, we have to step up as far as our degrees and things like this go, uh, as far as the, the presentation of our lodge itself, because that's all part of the experience. And you're still young to Freemasonry, but maybe maybe you have seen what I'm about to describe. But for the listeners and viewers, we have all probably sat in a degree before and, and just knew that guy was not going to come back. And, and the reason for that usually is because it's, it's done so terrible. No one, the worship master doesn't know his lines. He's not, he's not conferring a degree, right? No one knows where they're going. Um, any number of things that, that, that can, that can add to a bad initiatic experience. If you have a terrible internet apprentice degree and granted, right? These guys have never been to an internet apprentice degree. They don't know what's supposed to happen, but you know, you can tell when no one knows what they're doing. And if you're prepared for something that's supposed to be important, you're told it's important. I hope. Right? You're, told, you're told it's life-changing. You're told it's life-changing, but you get a, a chili dog when you get there. Yeah, and every, something here has to be important. Something here has to be important, but no one, yeah. once you get there, no one's taking it important. They're all joking around. There's no solemnity. No one knows their lines. The food, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just say plainly, you know, the food sucks. Right, we're looking at a uh, bean stew or something. Hey, hey, hey! Don't don't say nothing. <laughs> beans now, come on. But these are, these are all things that that tie into sure your your initiatic experience. And if you drop the ball, it's going to have the opposite effect. A well done degree will retain a member or has a much higher percentage of, of retention. But a poorly done degree, you'll lose them almost hundred percent of the time. You know, it's funny because I, again, I'm, I'm relatively new, so I, I haven't, I'm trying to think at our, at our lodge. I don't think 
we haven't we haven't had another degree for another brother in our lodge since I joined. We've had some people do some proficiencies and turn in some work, but I don't think we've had another uh, another degree yet. For, for oh, a no. oh, for masters? Well, because uh, I don't think we've had a we haven't had an EA or a fellow craft or a masters. Not, the last not, one that joined out of this out of this group that went through. Wasn't that just a proficiency? No, it was. That's right. We did. We had an EA degree. So I guess there was. Yes, there was one. But I I, I haven't gotten to see firsthand, but I I can't imagine somebody coming and getting a degree and never coming back. I can't imagine that. I think you and I even had talked about that because, or no, no, it was actually me and another brother from our lodge were talking about it at dinner this week and uh, said something about how there was a a Masonic funeral coming up for uh, a brother and I said, oh, uh, you know, where is he from? So on and so forth. And it came up in, in, in passing. And I said, well, when was he when was he raised a master mason? And he goes, oh, he never was a master. And I said, what? Wait, what? He's like, yeah, he was uh, he was an entered apprentice. And then uh, I guess left and never came back. And uh, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, that's kind of that's kind of odd. I can't imagine like starting the process and not going through it. But like you said, I mean, if you're uh, if, if you put if the if the initiates expectations are up here then ours has to be higher wherever it is and that's that, always be yeah. it should always be so if if somebody comes in and they they're expecting this we don't want to meet it we need to exceed it like yeah. that's that is the that is the whole point and no we don't have to have filet mignon and lobster and everybody has to be perfect we are still imperfect men but you know, my, my biggest thing is, is if I go to somebody's degree and I've, I've been to several degrees, just not within our lodge. Um, if we're having a degree, we should not be talking about anything else that night but that person. Period. End of story. If you have something that is so pressing that needs to be discussed, we have other rooms and we have cell phones. We can talk about it later. That, that is their night. I put it this way. If somebody comes to your front door to pick up your daughter to go to prom, that's a big night. The last thing you do is start talking about the family vacation and what you're going to do and how was your day at work. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. That night is about that corsage, about that prom, about that date, about that dress, about coming home on time, period, end of story. And uh, I think that is the bare minimum of setting an expectation. I'll, I'll deal with some bean stew. That's cool. I'm fine with it. Whatever. Anything mm-hmm. that didn't have an MRE bag, I'm happy with. But man, you got to make that night about them. A special night about them. My favorite thing to do at a degree is, uh, well, I, I don't know if we really can't talk about it, but that one part that I got to do at our last degree, mm-hmm. uh, that two together, uh, I don't know if that's something I can talk about or not. That's my favorite thing to do because that is a... Uh, that is a that is a moment that you don't forget with another person because, like you said, you have no idea what to expect. Yeah, have somebody come up and uh, and give you the help that you need when you need it, when you don't have the thing that you need in life. Boy, I'll tell you. And then for that to be somebody from another lodge, I think that especially sets a whole other tone too. Yeah, because right off that these people, like you said, they don't know. You know, when I joined, I, I didn't understand the size and scope. Yeah, I knew there's Mason Lodges over in this state and Mason Lodges in this country. 
everything else. But uh, you know, you and I, we drove up to uh, Dallas to go to the lodge together. Hillcrest. Hillcrest, thirteen eighteen. We walked in, shook hands, ate food, and two hours later, we're laughing and we're you know we're we're having a good time. We went out afterwards and you know had a beer with some people that I've never met before in my life, but. Well, it could have picked up right away, and I'll bump into them. Who knows? Bump into them later, and we'll pick up right where we left off. Yeah, shout out to Hillcrest Lodge. I was actually going to mention Hillcrest because, just because, again, we have that shared experience. Sure. Hillcrest has a beautiful lodge building. Probably probably the most beautiful lodge building I've seen. Well, right? I, I don't have as big of a repertoire as you do, but yes. Yes, yes. yes. Where I'm going with this is that is also part of the lodge experience. Oh, for sure. And so if we're talking about degrees and everything, that's that's really what I wanted to, to circle back to was the, the the initiate experience. If you're if you have high expectations and you're going into a lodge, I don't care if it's your first time there or if you're going for a degree and it's a dump, that's that's a red mark against you. Hillcrest doesn't have to worry about this. They have a very nice lodge. But I use that as an extreme example, right? Because they they invested a very large amount of money into making it what it is. And I applaud them for it. But we have all seen lodges. Even if you haven't been into it, right? You drove by, you have seen lodges that you can tell just from looking that it's it's in sad shape. I called you the other day because I drove past the lodge and I said, hey, when did they close? And you said, hey, they didn't close. I said, oh. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. It looks like somebody hasn't been here in a very long time. They shall rename nameless, but I'm, I just, I know exactly what you mean. You yeah. drive something and if, if it doesn't look like a strong, thriving welcome mat, then <sighs> a lot of people just want to walk in the door. I don't even think it has to look like a welcome mat, but I think it needs to look like there's actual activity that goes on there and it needs to look like it's not about to fall in on whoever's inside. If you could change anything about Freemasonry, what would you change? I think I would have, this is probably going to be controversial. Somebody's going to blow up the comments. And have to check oh, we don't, we don't have converse, controversial conversations here. Yeah, no, of course not. Uh, I think we should have more, more activities throughout the year that the public is a part of. Um, you know, we just did our officer installation mm-hmm. and I thought, I thought, I thought everybody was going to invite more people. And now I feel bad that I invited as many people as I did, but I thought it was nice just having people. Uh, it was a big night for me. It was an important night for me. Not that I was in, like more important than anybody else. Just it was an important night for me. I was being installed wow. as secretary you of my just, life. You just got installed secretary and you already think you're the most important guy there. But it was a big you're night. The, you're the guy for the job, man. <laughs> I am. <laughs> For me, you know, I wanted, obviously I wanted my wife to be there. I wanted my kids to be there. I wanted some friends of mine that, I mean, everybody always says this, you know, we, we don't, we don't go out and, uh, you know, we don't walk up to people like, you look like a good man, but I can make you a better man. Here's a petition. We don't do that. But there are people that you are friends with that you go, man, I think he would enjoy what I enjoy about this. We already have so much in common. I think he would like the same things about Raj that I like. But we only have one event a year that we can invite those people to be like, hey, why don't you come check it out? Hey, mm-hmm. it's 
not all national treasure and uh you know the movies um you know if you come check it out we're, we're kind of normal people you know we're gonna have some fried chicken we're gonna sit around we're gonna talk and we're gonna visit and you know you might bump into somebody else that you already know over there um i wish we had some more of those things that weren't just fundraisers i think it's weird to invite people to an event that costs money i think that's weird i think that by having more events through the year that you're including people in that mean and matter to you then later in the year i mean like hey this weekend we're doing our fish fry at the lodge now these people go oh yeah the lodge i've been up there a couple times that's pretty cool oh you're doing a fundraiser yeah i'd like to swing by they already know where it is they already feel comfortable heck they might stay and visit for a little while they might say hey let me come by and help cook some fish you know i don't i don't think anywhere in the bylaws it says you have to have an apron tied around or a a a, a masonic apron tied around your waist to, to fry fish that i think is going to be a great way to get some people kind of kind of interested like why are all these guys from such different avenues of life hanging out together flipping pancakes on a Saturday? See, I felt as though the installation was a really good turnout. I, I do. Think and, and I I don't disagree with you about having more opportunities for, for people to come. The only thing, and it's just me, again, just, just as opinion on things. I know exactly where we're going with this. I... I don't know if you do, because I don't think we've discussed it. I don't like... You don't like people being able to see anything behind the curtain until it's time for them to see behind the curtain? Wow, am I that readable? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, I know I do. I know you, and I know ex- I knew that's where you were going to go with this. Because I, like, you, I like having non-members do what? Because like, I know you, I don't want them to go in and see it. Yeah. Not that there's anything hidden, but I think that takes away some of the, I think, I think a huge part of, again, the rites of passage is, is a, uh, a fear of the unknown. Look at basic training again. Absolutely. Rites of passage, huge fear of the unknown. You don't know what the next day is going to bring. Every rite of passage has this fear of the unknown. You're going to stick these sleeves with ants on my hands. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I know it's going to suck, right? Or anybody watching this video, we do not use oven mitts full of ants in any of our ceremonies. Yes, this is Texas. We use scorpions. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, joking aside. um, But yeah, I I think there is something lost when you've already seen the inside of the lodge room. Again, just my opinion. I was suggesting, and we discussed this briefly before, I was discussing possibility. I'm not a huge fan of fundraising, but if we're going to do fundraising, I think something like a banquet would be a nice opportunity. One, to raise money. We need to raise the quality of our fund. Yes. Raise the quality of our fund. But if you you did a nice banquet, and this is, I think this is a great idea for, for for any lodge. And this is, this is based off my experience at Waco's Festive Board. Waco 92 had a fantastic Festive Board. Their first and one. Their first one. And it was a great experience. I mean, it was a wonderful experience. And there's no reason a lodge can't say, hey, we're going to find a local area that we can rent off, off away from Lodge. Rent a nice place away from Lodge. Get it catered. Sell tickets. And invite anyone that wants to come. And that, that, that means local masons, uh, people that 
or maybe just interested or, or want to just participate in something locally. And it's a great opportunity to, you could do your award ceremony there. You could mm -hmm. award scholarships there. And what a great, what a great opportunity to, to invite non-Masons to come see these things. Yep. Uh, I think something like that's fantastic. There's a, there's another thing that we do every year. It's a, I don't know if we still do it, but I think we do. For a long time, there was a, there was a mandated open house that every lodge had to do once or twice a year. And there was these little printouts. Anyone that was interested in the fraternity could come and basically walk through everything. You, you, you already know how I feel about this because you already know that I don't want people in the lodge room unless they're masons. The other thing that I've heard some lodges doing with some success Again, I think this was one of the lodges I mentioned earlier, is they do like, it's either the meetup app or something like this, but it's basically a uh, meet the candidate night. I'm not sure that's what it's called, but it's an opportunity and it's posted locally in, in the community. Of course, this is in Waco, but I'm sure they do it in uh, the Metroplex or it could work, right? It could probably even work out where we're at. And it's just posted through the community. You know, if you're interested in learning more about Freemasonry, this night uh, we're going to be at the lodge. Just, uh, just come have a, you know, grab a cupcake and drink some tea and talk about talk about whatever with us. I think, I think, the takeaway from this is that there are opportunities, and I think I actually took a a, a one eighty. From my previous stance where I didn't want any non-Masons in the lodge and, and we just kind of need to do our own thing and people just kind of come to us of their own of their own accord which they still should to an extent and I, I also had the mentality you know don't post anything on Facebook just kind of kind of keep that keep that secrecy and I think the veil is, is should still be there but there's no reason to to and like you're under a rock as well. I mean, times have changed. Used to be, it used to be you didn't have to do these things. Small, towns were small. Everyone knew who went, who went to lodge and who came from lodge. It spoke for itself. They saw, they knew where the meetings were. That's just how small communities used to be. You sure. couldn't pass through town without people saying, hey, some strangers passed through town. You know, now you could drive through town and no one will even know you're ever there. Things have changed. And we have to adopt that. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, podcast. If if you coming coming from where, where you are, you know, if if you don't like maybe I'm not saying you don't like, but maybe if you you're not such a big fan of having more events within the lodge, you know, <clears throat> there's some great opportunities to do some things outside the lodge. I know uh, me and a couple of the brothers have talked about we have some friends that we we would like to include. Not again, not that we're trying to get them to join, but it's like when you have a good group of friends over here and you have a good group of friends over here, you want your groups of friends to meet. Yeah. It's not me saying like, oh, I want I want my friend X to come meet brothers at the lodge. Why? Because then I'm going to get one more brother to join my lodge. It's I like these people and I like these people and heck, both those people like me. So maybe they'll all get along, you know, and so you throw a party and you get together. We've been talking about trying to get a day together to go to like Top Golf, invite some Masonic brothers, and invite some of our friends, just for them to get along and be like, "Hey, these are these are my friends," 
as a as an as an opportunity to hang out and, and be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, also talked about ways of trying to turn some of those things into also fundraisers. Hey, friend X, we're gonna rent this box at a baseball game. And uh, yeah, the tickets are this price, but we're going to charge a little bit extra. And all of that money that we raise, we're donating to a children's hospital or to a scholarship or to a, uh, a local charity or, or, or whatever we're doing with it. We have, a, we have a, a fun thing. You know what that means to people when they go, man, I work on Monday through Friday, eight to five. I don't have time to go do something philanthropic. I don't have time to go do something for a charity. People love to be included in that kind of stuff. And so for them to be able to be like, you know what? Absolutely. I'd love to go to a baseball game or go play golf or come to a, come to a dinner uh, and, you know, support something. People love that. You know, back in the day, every company had a Christmas party and an awards ceremony and safety banquets and they all had it. That's, that's so it's gone. Nobody has that stuff anymore. You're lucky if you get a little eight and a half by 11 printout from Kinko's that says, you know, thank you for not dying on us this year. Here's your cost of living increase. We'll see you next year. And, I think uh, people, I think people crave that kind of thing, though. Absolutely, it's it's, it's gone by the wayside for, for whatever reason. But I think there's something innate in us. As I can't speak for for women because obviously I'm a man, but I think there's something innate within us as men, and I'm sure that it probably extends to you know everybody. But there, there's something just naturally in us where we want to feel part of something. We want to, we, we, we crave to belong. Let me back up. We live, we live in a world now that's it's kind of the outlier to human, the human experience over the millennia. In, in that for, since our, since our creation, uh, whatever you may believe, since since the first man walked the earth, we've always we've always worked for everything. We always strived. We we were always building. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing came fast. Nothing came easy. And when you accomplish something, it was a tremendous satisfaction. And now we live in a world that's that is at ends with it's instant gratification. Everything. Yeah, that and, and instant gratification is nice. You get that that dopamine. Right, you get that that instant little a little little hit of dopamine, you feel good. We're just we're just constantly getting small amounts of instant gratification, and everything comes fast, everything comes easy, and we may have hundreds of friends and only know a few of them thanks to Facebook. You know, we consider them. You, people now look at their, their friend count on Facebook and say that's how many friends they have, which we all know is is not accurate at all you might you might only those are your acquaintances those are people you you may or may not really know but that's that's what's the true friend counts at his funeral that's it yeah how many them how many them will go to your funeral that's it that's your friends count yeah when you're laying in a pine box how many people are standing beside you yeah but freemasonry when done correctly right that's that's something that's not quick and that's not easy it's not cheap and when you accomplish something, it's because you worked your you worked your tail off for it. It's it a wasn't easy. Commitment. Yeah, it takes years. Doing the memory work and, and, and progressing to a degree, that's a huge accomplishment. Yep. And then finally becoming a master mason, that's a huge accomplishment. 
and then it just begins. But it just begins. You, you know, know I, I, I thought that was going to be, I thought that that was going to be a milestone. I mean, it is a milestone. That's probably the wrong term. I thought that was going to be like a good, like, take a breath point. You know, it's like, that's interesting. Like, okay, I got my master work done. Great. And now, because, because you've already gone through something, you have something in common with these people. Now you're looking for that next experience. You're looking for that next shared experience. So now you hear people talking about, hey, I'm going to Commandry, or I'm going to my Scottish Rite meeting, or I'm going to my York Rite, or I'm going down here to the shrine, or I'm going to, and you're like, well, well, I, I, I want to do that. Like, what, wait, wait, what, what are you guys doing? Is it fun? I want to, I want to do fun. And so you're, you, you realize that those first three degrees to become a master mason, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment. You're right. The three combined aren't even the first step into what you're going to do. You know, now, now it's not one door has opened and now you are standing in a hallway of doors and it's like, which direction you want to go first? Uh, I think that's really cool. I mean, that, and that's something I'm just now at because there's, well, there's three things I really want to get involved in. And I'm like, okay, I have to pick just, you know, we've talked about this. I have to pick just one this year. I can't, I can't go, I can't go off with a whole bunch of stuff because not because I couldn't do it, but I want to enjoy the experience of each one, one at a time. Uh, I believe you got you in, um, the other brothers that you kind of went through at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think you have an advantage over, over many, many master masons in that. Um, how do I want to put this? I'll just speak from personal experience. When I turned in my master's work and I was officially a master mason, I, I felt as though what you're describing where I just opened the door and it's just, this is huge dimly lit hallway with countless doors down either side. I don't, I didn't know where to go. And you finish your work and you ask your mentor, what I'll do next. And that's when you start hearing, well, Freemasonry is what you make out of it. You get out of it what you put into it, which is, is a cop out in my opinion. And it is in, in no way, in no way helpful or guidance or anything like that, which I don't disagree. You do get, you do get out what you put into it. If you never show up, you never get anything out of it, Absolutely. but that's not really guidance. It's just, well, here's the, here's the hallway with the doors, figure it out. You know, don't open the door and find a boogeyman or anything. You have, you, you and the other brothers there, um, you have good mentors that, not, not being biased here, but they're kind of guiding you after the fact. And I think, and the whole reason I'm even pointing this out is that you may not realize this, but there's also a, a serious problem with retention after people finish their master's work. And that's a huge reason for it because once, once they finish their work and they're, they're staring on this, this long hallway with, with endless possibilities and no one really telling them, here, I'll take your hand and, and help you through. They just kind of, I don't know. They feel overwhelmed, I guess. I feel like the lodge, <clears throat> the best way to describe it to people that ask me like, well, what do you get out of going to lodge? Cause I've had some friends that, haven't quite asked that question like how do I join but people have said like well why do you why did you join which is a different question than why do you go why I joined 
obviously it's a secret society. You can't say, oh, I joined because of X, Y, Z. You don't even know what you're going to do until you're in. But why I go once a month, why that, hey, that hey, Monday is important. Hey, not a secret society. Oh, sorry. Society of secrets. A society of secrets. That doesn't that, that's, that's the official, that's the official retort when someone says that. So you're keeping my podcast out of hot water. Okay. So with a, a, a society that has secrets within it, um, I feel like the best way to describe to people why I, after working a long week at work or anything else, why I come home, take a shower, put on some nice clothes and go up to see my brothers at lodge. What do I get out of that? And like you said, the expression of, oh, well, you get out what you get in or you get out what you put into it. My, my best way of describing the lodge, the lodge is a gym. It is an empty building with weights in it. That's it. There is nothing in that building that you can't get anywhere else. And that, that's the truth of it. That's true. It, it is just a box. It is just a box where people go. Just like a gym, if just because the tools are there, either A, if you don't know how to use them, B, you don't have a gym buddy or a spotter to help you use them. And you don't have that person that calls you and says, hey, man, I'm on my way to lunch. Oh, man, I just got off of work. Well, all right. I, you want me come pick you up? Hey, no worries. I'll come. You know, you need that. You need a gym buddy. You need a gym. You got to become a gym rat out of it. When you go to the gym, you have a purpose, you have a mindset. And when I go to lodge, I try to have that same thing. I know I have my expectations for what I'm going to get out of lodge. And so when I go into that, I already know that I'm going to get something out of my, my, my night. Uh, you, know, it's, you said something, you said something really interesting, yeah. but you're, you're absolutely right in that Freemasonry offers something that you actually can get elsewhere. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it's 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 its own unique way of, of of achieving what it achieves. But you can get it elsewhere. I had a, a commenter on one of my videos, and I think they were probably just whining. But they did have some arguments that that really made me think. Um, his or her first argument was they were disappointed they couldn't join because they they didn't believe in a a supreme deity. But they were also saying, I have, I have female friends that I can't even bring into the fraternity because they're women. And I, like I said, I think, I think they're just poking, trying to, trying to find something to, to argue about. But there, there are options for women. There's options for, for, for atheists if they, don't, if, they don't wanna, if they don't believe in supreme deity. Can they, can they reach the here, – here's, here's really the thing. And I, I may catch some flack for this. I don't think an atheist. What you catch yeah. flack for the opinion? No, I, I don't think an atheist. And we're talking about the strictest terms, just to be clear. Someone who does sure. not believe that there's anything, no supreme power or anything. I don't believe there's an atheist can come. Agnostics, apathetics, this and uh, yeah, atheists. I got yeah, straight up atheists. I don't believe that they can actually come to. And I'm not, I'm not saying like I reached the absolute truth of Freemason or anything, but I'm saying that I don't think that they can reach the, the conclusions that you have to reach along the path. But there are, aside from that. You were talking about like what you, you get out, what you get into it, why an atheist can't get the same thing out of it. Yeah. I, th I think the 
when people ask the reason for why you have to have a belief in a higher supreme being, it doesn't have to be a Christian faith. It doesn't have to be, you have to have faith. You have to have faith in the existence of something bigger than yourself. And I do think that it is, it, it is not just a part of it. It is an important part of it because part of what you go through in that experience that you will share, shared experience with your other brothers, it teaches you to think of yourself as a part of something bigger. Absolutely. If you don't believe in something bigger than yourself, then what you're saying is that you are the most important thing in the universe. That's the important part is that if you don't believe that you are a very small speck of sand within the infinite seas of everything then you're not going to get out of the shared experience part of it because what that's saying is is that we are all equally small in a grander bigger scheme and when you think of yourself as being a mere part of something then you want to get into something and make it better if you're a part of something and you think you are the ultimate supreme important person in the universe then everything under you isn't it's not your equal it's beneath you i mean by the very literal definition of if you think you are the only important thing in the universe versus this what you get out of this experience at least what i got out of this experience is the understanding that no <laughs> um we we collectively can can share an experience and grow our entire brotherhood. Let's circle back around because I want to. I want to finish what I was what I was, what I was saying earlier yeah. about the um, about women and and, and, and people. Yeah. Uh, basically, about what Freemasonry can offer. Here, mm -hmm. here's the bottom line, and people will disagree, and that's fine. I I believe very strongly that Freemasonry is a. Um, descendant not necessarily a direct descendant or even even a uh, a close descendant mm -hmm. but it descends from the ancient mystery schools and you can we have records of of rituals and practices from ancient mystery schools and they very closely mimic what we do today in freemasonry so even if freemasonry doesn't didn't directly stem from these things Someone at some point looked at what these schools were doing and, and maybe later that. And some of these people were a part of some of these schools and influenced later. Maybe. But, but interestingly enough, most, if not all, of these old mystery schools accepted women as well. Sure. Into their, you know, Freemasonry just happens to be a fraternity, which there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But where I'm going with this is that there are other organizations that have done the same thing. They're just not as popular because they're not Freemasonry. But there are routes people can take. And I would I would argue that if, um, I don't know, say like Rosicrucianism or something, say say you join those organizations, you could probably develop and in, in get the same benefits as I would get out of Freemasonry. Or you could even find it through your own self-study. But there's always benefits in working with people. Sure. But there, there's routes for people. 
I, I just think that Freemasonry is the most popular route for men. That also implies that we're a lot more than just a service organization, though. We are. That, that has some very a lot of people have started treating it like it's just a service organization, and that that's that's become kind of the public perception of it. But no, I think we're much bigger than that. Yeah. And I'll uh, uh, something I was I was thinking about as I was talking earlier, and this is probably out of the blue, but I think it's worth talk, worth mentioning. And you being a, a, a relatively young master mason, young to the young to the fraternity, <laughs> I'm, may, uh, I'm like I feel pretty old, but yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to those mystery schools I talked about. We have records of, of their rituals. We 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 you have a pretty good idea of what they what they talked about, what they did. Not all of them, right? Not all of them, but we we do have pretty general ideas for for many of them. The thing is. There's a difference between a secret and a mystery. Okay. The, the things we learned about the mystery schools themselves, what they did in their rituals, their practices, those were the secrets. Right. The secrets, the secrets are there. You can Google the secrets. I mean, just and, and, and by that same token, just because it's readily available doesn't mean it's okay to discuss them because we still we still you know said that we would not but the mystery is something because there's a difference again there's a difference between a secret and a mystery anyone can learn a secret i can go online and i can i can google the secrets and i can as a, any non-member can go and look up all the degrees and in in the things that are said but and again, it's interesting because there's some gray area there, but you can't look up the mysteries. You can't you can't, you can't Google. Can I offer an example like to why why I understand like how I understand that? It's what you what you can find versus what you get out of it. To me, it's a it's a magic trick. Right? I I can't tell you how how awesome watching somebody do a well laid out card trick you're like oh my god that was so beautiful that was so cool and then they show you the secret yeah the secret is the simplest little sleight of hand or whatever you know it's but then the mystery's the mystery's gone yeah right? the, sec the secret to the card trick isn't really anything that incredible but that feeling you get from watching that card trick before you saw it, that's the mystery. But what's interesting is that it's almost the exact opposite. And, you think so? and, and, and I do. And here's why. Here's why. You can, I can convey a secret. I can't convey a mystery. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Like I said, anyone could Google the secrets, but, but I could tell you the 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 mystery but i can't convey it what i mean at the, at the end of the day what i'm getting at is a mystery has to be experienced and it only makes sense to the initiate it only makes sense to the to the to the person who has experienced it i was gonna say it only makes sense to a person who's also gone through it yes 
And when so people get online and they Google things and they're like, oh, I just want to know the secret of it. And they go, okay, well, that's, that's silly or that's stupid or, okay, what's the big deal? The big deal is that you didn't go through it. You cheated. <laughs> you Googled it. You got the answer. It's, it's like taking a test at school that you cheat on or you get the answers to. You don't get anything out of that test. You don't yeah. get the confidence. You don't get the experience of it. You don't, you know. If you're gonna if you're gonna go through a process of something, you take the failures with the successes, and that experience is what leads you into yeah. Becoming well, better. as 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 a as a non Mason, you can go to Google and you can tap up you know uh, Masonic Lodge Enterprise. I don't know whatever. And documentaries. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but here's the thing. The, the United States alone is divided into 50 different jurisdictions. Everyone is a little different. Yep. Most countries, and not only that, but every state in the United States actually has two jurisdictions, I don't at least. And because you got the Prince Hall and then and the, 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 the sure. uh, what we today call mainstream, you know, quote unquote. But every country has, has its own lodge. Sure. And I promise you, if you were to go to Masonic Lodge and in Mexico, it's going to be a very different experience than you, even here in Texas. And so, going to be in Spanish. Oh yeah, but they also do things. They also do things different. There is, oh, sure. um, there are lodges in Louisiana that do the Scottish Rite, three degrees, which is very different than at least uh, I know it for sure. The Inner Apprentice is very different than the one we do here in Texas. So what I'm getting at is, even if you Google it, it's not necessarily applicable to wherever you live. Right. And not only that, but there's so much misinformation out there as well. So the 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 non-member really has no idea what they're looking at or what they're looking for. But the the bottom line is also that they'll they'll receive nothing. There's no benefit from it. But the 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 mystery itself that's that's something that comes with with time and contemplation, and and the decrees and, and everything, the secrets themselves they put you on track for it. But the uh, the actual and, and I don't know, I don't know that there's actually a point where you could ever say I've learned all the mysteries of Freemasonry. It's an well, ongoing. There's a point experience. where you might get asked that question, but you sure aren't prepared for the answer. <laughs> you couldn't answer it anyway. Yeah, exactly. What would you say the strengths and weaknesses are of Freemasonry? I think the greatest weakness of Freemasonry is that we don't we don't go out looking for the people that we used to be. And by mm. that, I mean, I know who I was before I joined Mason. I know that now I wished I would have joined a long time ago because I would have gotten a lot of more personal benefits, relationship benefits, just friendships. I would have gotten more of what I was looking for years ago had I joined years ago. I want to go find those people and save them the next multiple years of looking for the wrong thing. Uh, I want more friends. You know, like I said, when, when people say like, oh, we don't recruit, I'm not recruiting. I, I want more friends in my life. Yeah. My friends find something in something I do, whatever it is. I might have a friend over to my house and show them my hobby of group here. 
And if he gets into brewing beer, nobody be like, oh, you're just out there trying to recruit people to brew beer, beer. Nobody thinks like that until you talk about Freemason. Then all of a sudden it's recruiting. But if I say, hey, uh, hey, hey, Justin, um, I really like going to Top Golf, man. You want to come to Top Golf this weekend and come out there? Am I recruiting you to become a golfer? Well, Scott Improvement has no affiliation with Top Golf. We receive no royalties <laughs> or benefits from mentioning their name. This, this is like the second or third time. <laughs> but if I say, hey, why don't you come out with me this weekend? I'm going to go out there and, you know, hit some golf balls or whatever. You know, no, nobody would look at that and be like, oh, I'm trying to recruit you. You know, they'd just be like, oh, that sounds like fun. I, you know, hey, man, I don't know. I've never done that before, but sure, I'll come along with you. Oh, well, when you're out with your friends, you want your other friends to join. You want to hang out Absolutely. with all your friends. Right. And so for me, I think that's a weakness is that too many people try to keep it separate. And I don't understand that. You know, there's uh, there's people that say, oh, I've known that guy for years. How'd you get him to come? It's like I invited him. <laughs> you know, I used to work with that guy. How'd you get him to show up? I told him we were getting together tonight and he came. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't put anything with it. I just said, hey, I like you. You're my friend. I'm going to this thing. Why don't you come with? And boom, you know. So I think that's I think that's a big weakness side. Strength wise, um, gosh, there's so many of us from so many walks of life that uh, if you ever need something, and I don't mean money or or a job, or sometimes you just need somebody from a different perspective or from a very unique perspective to give you some insights or input or just listen or whatever, knowing that there's so many brothers from so many different ways of life. All right. You were talking earlier about, you know, somebody, I met somebody one time and this past week I had to change my electricity provider last week because I got a bill, didn't like my bill and I was out of contract in it. And you know exactly who I called because I knew him because I met him once shot him a text message and I said, Hey, just quick question. Do you do residential stuff? And he goes, no, no, I sure don't. We only do commercial, but Hey, call me tomorrow on my lunch break and I'll help you walk through it. Cause it's super confusing. Took time out of his day. We talked on the phone, it's been like 30 minutes, chatted and, and helped me help me save some money, made nothing out of it. Cause I didn't end up using his company, but he's going to go to bed that night going, man, I got to help out my friend. And that's what it is. It's not even a brother. It's a friend. Friend first, brother after. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that's the, the greatest strength. Every single lodge you go visit, you fill that Rolodex with one more person that you can rely on, that you can count on, that you can confide in, or that you can ask for help on something. Hey, if I have a question with, uh, you know, something financial, sorry, I'm calling you because not because you're like the guru of everything, but you have a, you have a unique perspective and an experience that I don't and, and vice versa. You know, if you, whatever you, you find something about a beer you like, you're going to call me and be like, Hey, what is it about this beer that's in this beer? Cause I liked this one thing. Oh, cool. Somebody needs my beer insights. I'm, I'm, I've been training for this for years. <laughs> So like that's that I think that's the biggest strength and the biggest weakness that I've seen within it. The weakness is we try to we try to treat it like it's this closed knit society that oh you're not a part of it go away. And the biggest strength is oh my gosh there's so many of us why don't we want everybody 
in the somebody uh, the other day went out to dinner and somebody goes they made fun of me because they said eventually the lodge is going to be made up of only just my friends and i'm like well that's the point of freemasonry <laughs> like, uh sorry that's exactly the problem i want i would love more than every one of my friends to get out of what get out of it what i get out of it and enjoy it as much as i do aren't those the kind of friends you want to surround yourself with yeah you know i think that i think that's more telling of who we spend time with outside you know it's not that I don't have friends at my job but the friends at my job aren't the friends that i surround myself with versus the friends that i surround myself with those people that i really truly trust or confide in they're not all masons by any means but i think all of them would enjoy the same parts of masonry I'll tell you, when I first joined, this has not been the case, but again, reflecting in recent times, all my friends are, are Freemasons, all of them, except for I have a cousin who's not a Freemason yet, right? He's interested. He, he hasn't petitioned yet. But aside from that, and that's no exaggeration, all my friends, all my male friends specifically, let's just put it that way, all my male friends are Freemasons. Every single one of them. Yeah. And I think that's that that's very telling of the company I keep. I agree. I agree. Like you said, you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. So yeah. we're not surrounding ourselves with going back to what you said about Facebook. Man, isn't friendship supposed to be quality over quantity? You know, and when it comes to whatever it is, the holidays or you know, vacation, choose who you want to spend your time with. I know that at least one day a month, at least one day a month, I get to choose every person that I spend that evening with. Well, isn't that interesting what you said? Because I think that's worth looking back at, but you said something very wise. Oh, God. I had a hallmark moment. If, you, if you're not careful who your friends are, they're going to drag you down. They're going to take you down paths you don't want to you don't want to go down. Interestingly enough, the same thing applies for lodges, man. If a, if a lodge doesn't choose their their new brothers carefully, they're going to drag you down. They're going to take your lodge down paths you don't want to go down. Very wise, Israel Bowman. It's that squeaky secretary chair. You know, you get in there and you thing a few times, and the world just brightens up to a whole new perspective i know you transcended as soon as you sat in that chair all right Andrew. well this was a this has been a very good conversation and i i thank you no thank you i i really appreciate you taking the time and coming on this late to have a conversation with me and i think it has been a fantastic conversation so thank you again israel and uh, i look forward to seeing you at large soon forward to seeing you soon my friend